The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. It is your boy, New Bias Bullborn, and the name of the marquee is Beer It Is, and I am at one of my favorite places. Not just saying it because I'm here, or because a certain brewer is listening, but more because they actually brew some really fun beer at Orpheus in this beautiful, I guess, almost fourth ward at Piedmont Park area. And I am with a lovely lady. And what makes me really excited about this? This is a groundbreaker for our podcast. We have the first black woman to be on the podcast, second woman on the podcast. First was from Southern Cheer, but today we have the lovely Rebecca Royster. Rebecca, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I am fantastic. And no, thank you for having me and thank you for everything you guys do for the beer industry. So let's get right into you. Talk about your beer story. How did you end up here at Orpheus? Uh, I guess it all started from bartending really on a clear stormy night right now (laughs) (laughs) i wish i could say something as exciting as that uh no but really um i was a bartender for many years and i ultimately landed at the porter beer bar in little five points and really that's what kind of started me on my shout out to molly kiram over there and that yeah you know we had beer class and i got to learn so much about beer and you know kind of when i get involved with anything i just like to learn as much as i can and porter really provided a great space to do that and to like kind of fuel my passion and excitement about beer so that's really kind of how I came together especially so, how I met Jason oh bless your heart yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was Jason like back then man because he's a very interesting quirky dude but what, what was it like back then kind of getting started in craft beer uh, I would love to say something crazy because he's sitting right here but um, <laughs> no, he's the same as then as he was he's the same now as he was then you know we actually um found that we shared similar uh flavor preferences with beer nice so um he would come sit at the bar and i always had you know good recommendations of things that were new or things that i thought that he would like and generally i was on point with my recommendations for him and from there we just started talking he actually kind of became a resource for me because he's also just like has almost a photographic memory for beer right right, right. so anytime i have a question about something that i forgot i would call him or text him it's like hey you remember that beer what was it so so he's like a basically like a mental untapped of his own right just yeah, being able to like I mean, know what he drank when he drank it where and being able to be attentive to it i would say i mean yeah almost to and obsessive level just really you know some of the, there are some of us like me who are just who are really passionate and excited and want to learn about beer and then I think Jason kind of takes it to a different level where he really wants to know everything about beer and just studies it with a degree of scrutiny that most of us don't well I mean well he hangs out with Scott from Burt Hickory so I mean yeah. that tells you you know if you can hang out with that guy you have to be a little bit crazy about this whole craft beer thing I guess <laughs> <laughs> By the way, guys, we're having fun here on Beer It Is, and I'm laughing because Jason's in the background, so it's just really cool, but I really do enjoy this place and what you guys do. So, speaking of what you guys do, mm-hmm. you're sipping on the Sycophantes Blanc. Yes. Fig. Sour ale. Well, we guess, I guess we're calling it, it's a golden fig sour ale, so if for those of you um, who are familiar with some of our beers that we've produced to date, um, we have a Sycophantes 
that is a fig sour ale. It's kind of a rift on a Belgian double. So we ferment it with Trappist ale yeast. Um, we sour part of the wort, uh, add dark candy syrup, so you get some of those very nice dark uh, roasted fruit character. We also age it on Black Mission figs, and then it produces this like wonderfully earthy, sweet, um, tart uh, beer. So that is our normal Sycophantes. Uh, Jason wanted to kind of remix it a little bit this year and try something different. So for the Sycophantes Blanc, we based it more on a triple. So mm. it's a little bit lighter. Uh, we use golden figs. Lighter in color. Of, lighter in color, not in alcohol. Yeah, we'll explain that part later. <laughs> it is a little bit stronger for sure. It's not. It's a nine and a half percent instead of uh, seven and a half. So it's a little bit stronger, but um, it is lighter in color. It actually kind of goes down a little bit lighter because it doesn't have dark candy syrup yeah. in it. Um, it's a little bit more tart because um, of that as well. Uh, the golden figs add a different dynamic to it. It's not quite as earthy as uh, the, the darker figs. But it's really lovely. So, listen, guys. When you see this beer on the market, and it comes in a bomber, correct? The 22-ounce when it comes in the Actually, Fontes Blanc is draft only. Oh, draft only. So, if you get a hold of this beer, either here at Orpheus, or probably at a place like the Porter, the Brick Store, maybe the Nest up in Kennesaw, few accounts that will get it, like maybe an ale, yeah, if they have it on. <laughs> if you get a hold of this beer, sip it slowly, because it will fool you. You will think that it's you will think that it's an easy drinking beer, but it's not. I actually think that can be said about many of our beers. Um, yeah, you guys are here for the play around. I mean, and it's not like I don't even know that that was intentional. I'd like to say it's not intentional, but I don't know. Maybe it is. But I mean, we just we like really nice, flavorful, dry beers, and they tend to not taste as strong as they are, which is good or bad depending on the day. And so. I tell you what, there's one place where you can always find something strong and flavorful and fun. That is here on Beer It Is on the CSPN Network. My name is Nevias Wilborn, and I am here with Rebecca Royster as we are rapping and talking about beer. We just got finished going through the Sycophantes Blanc, which, as you said, is draft only. Gosh, I wish it came in a bomber because I tell you what, I would love to trade that with people. But, hey, I mean, you know, the game's the game. You know, I mean, for a first time, I can't think of anything that we've produced to date that we've packaged on the first run. Most things we like to try draft first. And you guys ate that I'm sorry, and you guys ate that in white wine barrels, correct? Or the no? Sycophantes? No. No, no, no. Or the Sycophantes Blanc? The Blanc, okay. Nope. Oh, wow, you just got it that way through... Mm-hmm. Shout out to Jason. our souring process, I mean, we use a, a mother culture that has all sorts of fun microbes, bacteria, yeast that sours our wort. Um, produces really awesome, awesomely berry, uh, wild, kind of funky character that we really love and appreciate in our sours and tart beers. And let's get into the souring game a little bit because we're seeing other, certain other breweries. Well, I mean, we, we can name names. Like, everybody's cool to everybody. Like, you know, Sweetwater, they're doing their souring series. They're doing it away from their brewery. Monday night, they're about to start a souring series. They're doing it outside of their brewery. But you guys, you do your souring right here in the same facility. Mm-hmm. How are you guys able to do that and maintain the cleanliness? Well, for the beers like Sycophantes, Sycophantes Blanc, Atalanta, Wandering Blues, um, all of that souring takes place on the hot side of the process. So where we have um, a mash tun that also serves as a souring vessel. Sometimes we actually will use our open tanks to sour wort, but it always gets transferred ultimately to our kettle where it's boiled. So everything is uh, killed, essentially, yeah. before it is moves to fermenters 
or to the cooler side of the process. And I tell you what, man, that was a beautiful explanation. That's one of the reasons why I really wanted you on the podcast to kind of just get the other side for people to kind of understand that you can sour in the same facility sure. and I make mean, it work. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. We also do sour in barrels and we have a room dedicated to mm-hmm. producing more. We like to call, we like to classify our sours either wild or tamed. We do a lot of tame sours where um, we're more in control of the live cultures and active cultures in the finished product. Mm-hmm. And then we do some things that we'll put in barrels and, you know, let time take its course and the various microbes, you know, flavor the beer and we taste accordingly and, you know, time determines when it's ready. So it's, I mean, there's just a wild, a wide range of ways to produce awesome sour and tart beers. And speaking of sour and tart beers, one of your most popular sellers, or it may be your most popular, the Atalanta. Yes. And you don't see very often where I always call it to keep the lights on beer. Mm-hmm. Every brewery has one, whether it's Sweetwater with 420, whether it's Terrapin with um, Hopsecutioner, um, Creature Comforts with uh, what's their the IPA, Tropicalia that everybody loves. Sure, yeah. Everybody has that one that for keeps sure. lights on. It seems like Atlanta has become that beer for you guys, and it's a sour, which is interesting. You know, <clears throat> truth be told, when we launched, we did not expect Atlanta to be our. A flagship or a standout from the pack beer. Um, it's been a really exciting thing to to be part of and to to see grow. Honestly, because I think if you polled most of the people on our team, Atlanta is a house favorite. Yeah. I mean, of course, we love all of the beers, but of course. It's, it's one. I know for me personally, it's the one that I drink most frequently. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's five point two five percent. It's really nice and refreshing. I mean, it goes... It's a drinker well, any time of the drink, year. Yeah, any time of the year, whether it's cold, whether it's hot. You can be cutting grass. You can be at the pool. You can be at the beach. You can mm-hmm. be at home. It, it goes with food. It's just such a wonderful a wonderful beer. And, I mean, to introduce a sour beer as a year-round was not a popular idea when yeah. we launched. So we weren't sure how it was going to go, but I, we, I can't just say enough how excited we are that it is. As popular as it is. And, and by the way, and that's a really eye-catching can. That I guess that plum kind of color to it. Oh, the, the can is beautiful. Yeah. We had um, artwork uh, designed by Brandon Sadler. We like to work with local artists and we, um, at, you know, work with them. They design a piece of work for each beer that mm-hmm. we create. Uh, that's always fun because, you know, you get to not only have Jason's artistic vision that goes into the liquid inside the can, but we get to he gets to partner with an artist to design, um, you know, the outside packaging, which is pretty cool. And that is something that I just really enjoy about you guys. Like, there seems to be a lot of thought that goes into every can, every beer, both the liquid, the design of the can, and I've seen and I like that the fact that the cans are consistent, but they're all different. Sure. Yeah. Um, with the exception of some of our IPAs. I mean, Transmigration of Soul, Life, Death, Life, Truth, Peace, War, Truth, Life, Truth, Body, Soul, all have a, the same artists. Mm-hmm. But so there's more of a consistency with the piece of art on the can itself. Um, but the re- most of the other cans were designed by a different person. Hmm. And it's neat to see the similarities, but also the striking differences. Yeah. I mean, but it seems like they all kind of have a, the, the white base. Well, sure. Yeah. And the actual like the, layout of the cans yeah. are the same across the board. We pick a different striking color for each can because we really liked the idea of having, you know, the art stand out, Mm -hmm. just like we hope that the beer inside stands out, 
and just having nice bold color. Are like the IPAs intentionally green or shades of green? I noticed like Truth Body Soul is like a dark green. I think um, yeah. Black Hill Truth kind of has like a little shade of green. Is that kind of intentional or does that just happen? It is intentional, <laughs> but I think to start, we really wanted to go with blue and went with green. And I like green fine. for IPA. Green though. is good. I mean, green is, they look great. The cans yeah. are great. Um, but I don't know if it's necessarily, I mean, I guess to keep, since they're kind of in a family, to keep them related, choosing different shades of green. I told somebody I like greens for hops. So I just yeah. like, so I like, the IPA, and that's literally how, like, when I go to the store and I see, okay, whether it's True Body Soul, whether it's Trans, Migration, or right. whichever one's IPA, it's going to be green. And I was like, I just think green hops, hop yeah. green. So that's the IPA. That makes sense. So yeah, so tell me about that now. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of why we settled on green, ultimately. Oh, so, wow, there was a push to do blue because, well, I mean, that's my favorite color. I wasn't really involved in that decision, but um, yeah, green makes sense. And speaking of green, mm-hmm. you got starting to kind of really get it together building i'm hearing there's some things coming yeah what's coming next for you guys as far as growth um that you can share this year um we are increasing our year-round portfolio so um, last year we had three beers available year-round atalanta lyric gale a saison and the rights ipa the rights yeah yeah Yeah. this year we decided to switch it up a little bit um so we're going to continue of course with atalanta because that's definitely um i think in my opinion, it really does best encompass like what we're setting out to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're keeping that, of course, year-round. Lyric Ale will also remain year-round. But this year, kind of listening to feedback from our consumers and the people who really love Orpheus, we also wanted to do Transmigration of Souls, our double IPA year-round. 10%, that's a, that's a big boy. 10% also doesn't drink like 10%. No, it does not at all. That's It's a very... it's frustrating to me honestly as a person who has definitely consumed a few of them and you guys still in a six pack yeah. it will still stay in a six pack it's, it will still stay in a six pack and it's a lot of fun right. but it can be dangerous yeah so but in a good way and and, and, and depending on where you're at where your market is i've i bought that six pack for as little as 10 bucks i bought it for as much as 16 bucks yeah. depending on where i bought it when i bought it oh 16 i've never seen it that yeah, so I, I won't. Go back I, I won't say who they are, but <laughs> but I mean they, they had it, and I'm like, you know what? I want it, and I'm not coming out to the brewery. So, well, thank you all for right. supporting. Of course, sure. man. I mean, hey, man. I, like I said, that beer is such a good beer. It's awesome. And when it pours, it looks good. It drinks good. And so, salute to you guys for making that a year-round beer. I know it isn't cheap to make. Well, I mean, to be fair, probably none of them are super cheap to make. I mean. Atalanta gets plum juice that we get pressed by Arden's Garden, but it's not really about the price or the quality, of, the price of the ingredients. You know, ultimately, we're trying to curate the flavors of beers that we like to drink. So, and I tell you what, another place that curates flavors of beers you like to drink, and we also are year round. Beer it is on the CSPN Network. My name is Tobias Wilborn. I'm here at Orpheus in the Piedmont Park area with Rebecca Royster, and we are sipping and drinking. And now. Let's talk about this True Body Soul. That is the latest can to come out. You guys had a big release for it a couple weeks ago. Let's talk about this beer. True uh, Body Soul is a double IPA. It's 8%. It's a little bit um, lower gravity than Transmigration. Because there's such a big difference between 8% and 10%, right? <laughs> I think it matters when you get into multiples. True. Honestly. Good point. You know? Good point. <laughs> <But> <laughs> 2K 
cans of True Body Soul might be a little different. Death, you know, it's been known to drink more than one beer at a time. Fair I think enough. It matters. It does. When you do that. But um, much like the Transmigration of Souls, it uh, also doesn't really drink like an 8%. Beer. Not at all. Uh, it is wonderfully tropical and fruity. It has nice dang character to it. We use a wide variety of um, exciting, flavorful hops that I'm not going to share. Um, but it's a great beer. So, I mean, would you call this more a Northeast IPA, West Coast IPA, or just like a... I would call it an Orpheus IPA. I like it. <laughs> I like it. And so what does that, what does that mean? So to me, that means, you know, there are, just like there are many ways to brew tart and sours, there are many ways to brew IPAs. And Too many ways, honestly, but yeah. We really appreciate IPAs that aren't overly bitter. Like, we don't really brew with hops in ways that um, highlights the bittering um, mm-hmm. character of hops. We really like to, to highlight the fruit and flavor and aromatic character of hops, so we treat them fairly delicately, mm. and we usually end up with a nice, drier product. I think that's partial, That's part of why they don't taste as strong as they are. Um, and just pleasing. I've had lots of people come up to me who don't necessarily love IPAs all the time and talk about how ours are a little bit different. Um, actually, I mean, there are many breweries now that are, you know, I think there was a time when the biggest bitter hoppy monster. Right, this one ten IBU. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's still, you know, I drink those beers and, you know, there's a time and a place for, for that as well. Yeah. But I think there are also people who want something that's not going to wreck their palate. And that's what we like to focus more on. And speaking of palates, this is interesting. Um, a couple brewers, and I won't say their names on this particular thing because it's also a opinion that I hold too, is that I think one of the missing dynamics, and one of the reason why I really want to have you on the show is the ladies. I think a lot of times the ladies have more refined and sophisticated palates because, like, a lot of times, like, dudes, are, or like, when they're eating hot wings, they get like the hottest hot wing, or they're getting like the, the hottest Thai food. A lot of times, the ladies will have more of a sensitive palate. Do you kind of notice that, like, with your lady friends who are kind of getting into beer or drinking beer, or what do you kind of see with that? I don't know. If I would say that, I mean, I I hang out, most of my female friends are beer drinkers. Oh, yeah, so it's kind of hard. Yeah, it's a little different. (laughs) We like like beer, and we drink all different types of beer, and there's not, like, uh, some of the, you know, common stereotypes with women and beer drinking don't really exist in my circle circle of friends, so I don't know if I'm the best person to answer that question, but I I do think that um, maybe... I will say most of my friends aren't like the my female friends at least the the people who are seeking out like the hoppiest this or the most anything of yeah. any style um, you know just like things that taste pleasing to the palate and you know everyone's palate is different and that's mm-hmm. also the beautiful thing about beer that you really can have you know very simple ingredients treat them different ways and produce like a wild a wide range of different flavors so. Well, and let's get, let's get into a little bit more. Like, when you said you worked at the, at the Porter, and obviously, I mean, that's like a, I call it the beer drinker's heaven. I mean, you go into there, tapless is crazy, bottomless is ridiculous, 
And I mean, it's like a dungeon almost. Like there's no no TVs. No. I mean, you're in there. To, you're in there to drink beer. I mean, they have they have they have a good bourbon Any selection. Food and have a nice time. Right. With good people. You're there to talk. Yeah. You're there to enjoy the the beer. For sure. So for you, like, what was your first good beer? Do you remember? <clears throat> yeah, I see. So at before I started working at the Porter, um, as a bartender trying to really do my due diligence and learn as much as I can about beer, whiskey, different spirits, wine, all sorts of things. I tried different things, but I hadn't really quite embraced beer just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, working at the Porter, I think the first beer that I remember having that I was super excited about was actually Francis Gunner Dunkelweiss. Oh, nice. Um, and I used to drink that one every day after after shift and then from there I kind of transitioned to like the St. Bernardus um and I drank you know the strong Belgians for a while yes. from like the darker Belgians I transitioned to the triples um and then I started trying hoppier things I remember my first hoppy beer that I really enjoyed was Dale's Pale Ale so I think for me it's always a quest to try new things to experience the different styles. Like, as a bartender at mm-hmm. the Porter, you wanted to know what things tasted like so right. that you can accurately describe it to the people sitting at the bar because that's a part of the experience as well. Quick St. Bernard story. So, I was, never forget, I was young into craft beer. I was at, I was at Trapeze. Mm-hmm. Of course, place kind of doesn't exist the same way because Eric, who runs it, ended up running Wild Heaven and based upon Georgia Lodge, you can't run a place like that and then can't also, tears. can't be in two tiers, which, We'll, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit as we get ready to move on and talk about your role here at Orpheus. But, so I'm there and they're doing the Saving Artist tapping. And the head brewer from Saving Artist was there. And they're doing the Christmas sale tapping. And I'll never forget, people were there. And it's Athens, so it's College Town. A lot of D-bags, as we'll say. And frat boys. And so they're drinking it, but like they're double fisting it. They're downing it. And this poor guy was aghast because he's like that's not what I brewed this beer for yeah. I didn't brew this beer for that I brewed it for you to sip it and for you to enjoy it right. and for you to talk about it this not is a special occasion uh, beer yeah. like, I didn't just brew it for that it's like obviously it's high in alcohol but sure. I brewed it for fun like do you ever have that experience sometimes like when people may be over imbibing on a beer that you're like oh you should be really enjoying this and you know, I try to stay away from telling people how they should enjoy Fair. beer. You know, I think every person that produces beer has their preferred or what they, how they would like to enjoy beer, mm-hmm. how they would even like to see others enjoy the glass the beer you put it produce. in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you know, the the point is to produce things that people enjoy, and far be it for me to tell them how they should enjoy it. Fair enough. And speaking of enjoying, we're going to take a quick pause for the cause here on Beer It Is. Got to get a slight refill, then we're going to come back. And next, we're going to talk about Rebecca's beer journey and how it leads her to her role in Orpheus. And then we're going to talk about a few things that Orpheus is doing and coming up events they have for the next few months.
Hey everyone, this is Classic of the CSPN. Do you like the podcast that you're hearing so far? Well, you can help us out. Keep our podcast free for you by shopping at Amazon. Visit our website, cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, you can shop for music, books, Blu-rays, DVDs, toys, jewelry, apparel, and much more. All with the discounts, quality, and shipping reputation that Amazon has to offer, and all through the CSPN. So, help us out. Go to CSPN.us, click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link, and shop at Amazon through us. Do it today. Alright guys, we are back for the break here at Orpheus with Rebecca Roaster. My name is Tobias Woolborn and we're rocking on beer it is. And now we're getting right into this beer. A dry hopped sour ale. Yes. I mean, just the name of that just kind of blows my mind the description of a dry hop sour ale. And it's called Serpent Bite. And this yeah. is Rebecca's favorite or one of our favorites. This is, no, this is my favorite Orpheus beer. Definitely. I would, I mean, Jason and I get into it when he doesn't do enough. That's why it's year-round this year. So Serpent Bite, in addition to Transmigration, will be year-round this year. So, because we just could not brew enough to satisfy my personal desires. So. And, and your personal desires are very important here, so we got to have that done. So, <laughs> like, this is the beer I want to drink all the time. So describe this beer to me, man. Walk me through this. Um, I'm looking at it. I mean, it's it's got a funky so look. It's, it's fun. It's I think conceptually kind of similar to Atalanta, at least from the start and how the wort is soured. Um, but in during fermentation, instead of adding plum juice, we dry hop it with mandarin and Bavaria hops. And we kind of balance that out with a few other hops here and there. But it's overwhelmingly mandarin and Bavaria. Mm. Um, so mandarina, mandarin, it picks up this really beautiful citrus character. I mean, you sip it, it's like drinking... Uh, beer mimosa, but it's just, it's a beer. Um, <laughs> I like that beer mimosa. A beer mimosa. Yeah, you, I mean, it does, it, you it know what? This does feel like something I can eat, but like a brunch, right? Like, I'm getting yep. some bacon and some eggs. Or and it some, could just be brunch. Or, I've done that. It's fun. You know, I, I look after a hard Saturday night, come up and wake up and drink one of these, right? <laughs> <Beer> <laughs> dog. Um, or nice. you can drink it on a Tuesday or Wednesday or any day of the week. I think that's the thing that excites me most about being on the Orpheus team is that, you know, we really are brewing, you know, beers that are very thoughtful and, you know, don't necessarily taste like anything you may have ever had before. So that's very exciting. And so let's talk about your role in the Orpheus team. Mm-hmm. Like, in layman's terms, walk us through what you do here for this wonderful brew. Um, I mean, it grows and changes. We're a small team, so we all kind of have to do things to help get done so like in the beginning I started as a sales rep um, just like our in the market person you know taking samples to places Mm -hmm. encouraging people to try Orpheus and trying to set up events to really spread the word Um, but in the beginning I drove the truck like I drove our deliveries to United oh that's a grind I mean you just do what you need to do Um, now I really help with branding and making sure that we have posters and signs and looking into like where you get all of that stuff produced working with our graphic designers to kind of come up with ideas and things that 
we're really continue to um, help people see Orpheus branding around. Mm-hmm. I work very closely with our distributors. I work closely with our teams here to make sure that we're, we all know what's coming when. Um, communication, I'm good at that. So I make sure that we're all like tied in. I ask lots of questions to make sure that I know what's going on. But yeah, I guess um, my focus here is mainly like sales, marketing, branding. Um, and from there, because one of the focus on the show, I try to cover beer from an African-American perspective, a black perspective, mm-hmm. um, minority perspective. So as a minority woman, how has your journey in beer been? Uh, it's been interesting for sure. I mean, it's because I mean, you know your shit. Like, well, I mean, I drink a lot of beer and I like it. Yeah. So, um, and that's just a part of when I find something that I enjoy or something that I want to do. I really do like to research it a lot and learn a lot about it, so that you know I know as much as I can about it. So, um, yeah, I took the same approach with beer, and it's funny to me because even still, sometimes I'll I'll talk to this person or that person like do you even drink beer and I'm like yeah I drink beer that's funny yeah so I mean there's a common misconception that one women don't drink beer and two black women or black people don't drink drink beer beer. Mm -hmm. and that's just not the case so yeah I mean let's be real I mean a lot of the craft beer industry is still the neck beers I mean that's just what that is um how do you I guess deal with people who may question your knowledge when you may know as much if not more than they do. I just answer the question. I mean, it's usually, I've had people try to test my knowledge and just answer the questions and then... You don't take it personally? It's just kind of... I mean, I could, but why? Because I would, you know... I don't know. Like, I think it's better to rise above someone's expectations of you than to be upset that they have low standards, you know? I just... Fair enough. So, I mean, have you ever had a situation where somebody... Because I've had a couple of these where... And it's kind of interesting because being a dude, there's still a certain amount of male privilege I have. You know what I'm saying? So, there's a certain amount of credibility that will be given to me mm-hmm. off, the, off the sake of me being a man. Mm-hmm. Just what that is. And even more simply, you know, a quote, heterosexual presenting man. You know what I'm saying? So, there's a certain amount of privilege that's given to my opinion. But I definitely have, have had situations where... People, like, you know, I go to certain bars that maybe people don't know who I am. Like, well, they recommended me, like, 420, which I'm not knocking that beer. Right. But it's like, you can do a little better than that. You know what I'm saying? With the recommendation or the way in which they refer or they're trying to speak at a very entry level. Mm -hmm. So when you ask questions, it's kind of weird. So do you get a lot of that, too, or is it different? Um, I get, I mean, so... At this point, the places I frequent, they know I know you. most of the people there, so that's not something that I um, encounter regularly at this point. But yeah, if I go to, I have definitely experienced that, and again, I don't let it get to me. I just ask the questions I want to know, and I answer when someone, I think the, the most, the more frustrating dynamic is when it's clear that I'm, that my knowledge of beer or my liking beer or any like even being involved in the beer community offends them is not not offends them but it's questioned Mm -hmm. because like i don't question what anyone else is doing like if you love beer that's great if you don't that's also great because everyone teach their own but i don't want to be tested 
But if I'm, if you're going to ask me a bunch of questions, I'm definitely going to give you the answer. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like sometimes, like you just don't know what a person's motive is with their questions. Like, are they asking because they really want to know, or are they just trying to test? But again, from what you from what you said, you kind of take an attitude of, I'm not here for that. I'm here to increase the brand of Orpheus, right? And you know, and do it as respectfully as I possibly can. And you know, I also like to. You know, we want to be embracing, so we we embrace everyone, and so that's kind of my mentality as I go out. So I don't really get discouraged by like small minded things. Right, right, right. You know, I focus on the bigger picture, and that the reason why I'm even a part of this community is because I love it. I enjoy the camaraderie. I enjoy the beer, and the, at the end of the day, we all produce the liquid because we want to bring people together. So, other than other than Orpheus beer, what are you drinking in the state right now? Oh, three taverns. Yeah, they're doing yeah, it, right? That, that rapturous. Is, Shout out to Yorin and those it's guys. Pretty good. It's pretty <laughs> fucking fantastic. Um, I really enjoy that beer. Um, what else have I had? Oh, the um, I, I'm digging this golf law basement. It's pretty good, too. That's been a favorite. Yeah. Shout out to Travis over there. That, that, that basement IPA yeah. and that, that west side, and then they have an upper west side, which is the dip. Oh, Upper West Side. I may have some around. Um, it's a ten percent, and it goes off the um, West Side, mm-hmm. but it just kicks it up a notch. They just crazy hop it, and they're doing some really cool things over there. Yeah, those guys. I have it's to get a, a lot very of credit. exciting time to be in your community in Georgia, for sure. And so, I guess, how do you deal with how do you deal with that? Is it you look at this competition? Is everybody cool? How do you kind of work with that? I'm cool with everyone. I mean, of course, to some extent, it's it's competitive, but it's always friendly. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, because at the end of the day, there's Georgia doesn't have near amount the, the amount of breweries per capita right. as some other states that have way more. So there's a lot of room in Georgia still. I mean, like the city of Portland, Oregon has more breweries than the whole state of Georgia. Absolutely. So I mean, so it's so, kind of like a yeah. So there's a lot of room. There's not. There's no reason to be you know, nasty or weird about stuff. Like, honestly, we all like, get together. You know, uh, Sarah at Wild Heaven, for instance, right. invite us to the brewery. We'll, like, hang out and have, like, Wild Heaven Wednesdays and drink beers and have fun. And everyone brings stuff and we share and we hang out. And it's a really awesome environment for reps to just kind of get together and hang out and get to, you know, be in a space where you're not... You know, thinking about how many tap placements you have or what can placements you have. You're not thinking about the work part of the business. You're enjoying the, the fun part, which is fun. So, speaking of that, say somebody wants to get in. And what would your advice be to them? Get in the beer industry? Yeah. Don't do it. No, I'm just kidding. But. <laughs> ah, no, definitely. I, I encourage people to, to be part of this industry because the bigger it becomes, uh, I think the better we all do, honestly. Um I was, there are various routes to getting involved. I mean, I started. I was working at a craft beer bar and kind of used that to transition to working for a beer um, supplier. Um, I know other people who get jobs at distributing companies and then use that to transition or stay distributing companies because mm-hmm. that's a different tier and a different side of the business. It's also very interesting. I think really it first starts with drinking beer and enjoying it and knowing why you enjoy it Mm. and having an excitement about talking about it. 
And I mean, that's something we always do here on Beard is we enjoy beer, we love beer, we talk about it, and hopefully we do a good job of spreading the these brands and these brewers and telling these stories. And really happy to have you on with with us today, Rebecca, because I think one of the things that is missing is the entry to the business for a lot of people is, well, hey, I see this industry is growing, how do I become a part of it? So what's been your greatest lesson when it comes to becoming part of the industry? Like, what are some things you've learned? I think you have to be willing to sometimes think outside of the box, sometimes accept that when you're working for a small company that it, you're, even if your title says that you do this, you are undoubtedly going to do more that. than what your title says. Mm-hmm. And that's just, you know, it's startup culture. It, it's like all hands on deck. And I think for those who are comfortable in fluid work environments where sometimes you might have to drive a place to work a festival and get up the next morning or pack up and load up and go to the next place mm-hmm. and then come here and can beer or, you know, it's, it's just a very fluid work environment. And I think those who do best um, tend to get in and are just willing to do what is necessary okay. to make and then, it work. And then from that, let's ask another question. Um, if you were to brew a beer, yes. what would it be? What would it taste like? What would it be? Oh, man. I've never actually really thought about that because I prefer to drink the beer. <laughs> um, I would say... Or if a beer were modeled after you and your personality, what would that beer be? Serpent bite? I don't know. It's... it's <laughs> It's, it's my Something favorite. of that nature? Yes, it's so... I don't. I guess I love a nice, tart, refreshing beer. So, if I had to... If I was creating a beer, I would probably want it to be just like Serpent Bite. So, I wouldn't create it. I would just drink this. Fair enough. Yeah. And speaking of creating, what's coming next for Orpheus? Uh-oh. Uh, so, so many things. I mean, Serpent Bite hasn't come out yet this year. Um, we are finished producing it, so it will um, release in a week and a half, two weeks. And you guys do really cool releases. They normally are on Thursday nights? Yeah, Wednesday or Thursday, Wednesday, depending on what we're doing. But for And where can I find it, the, the information? Uh, on our... Through social media, for sure, because we'll definitely keep... That's our most vibrant platform. Um, Also on our website, we have a new website in the works, so that'll be exciting because it'll be even more user-friendly and informative and up-to-date with all the information uh, about everything that's coming out. Um, Transmigration of Souls, our double IPA, will be back um, into February, so that's very exciting. Um, For those of you who visited our tasting room, we have Noise and Flesh which is kind of our, we call it our house beer, but it is a very lovely 4.5% barrel-aged wild ale that Mm -hmm. we produce in our barrel room um, and using our open fermenters. We're going to do a bunch with that this year, you know, um, incorporating different fruit um, and just trying to always experiment and play around with different things. Since we're now approaching our third anniversary, um, our barrel program is really exciting, and I expect we'll see some more things coming out of that space because we've had some things in barrels for two years now. Yeah, I came to your second anniversary. That was um, around Memorial Day weekend. Yes, Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. We'll uh, this year as well. Yeah, it was fantastic. Thank you. I will say. Um, yeah. Had a lot of good beer that day. We had um, fun, for sure. Yeah, I drank a lot of water before and afterwards and eat a lot of food. I should have done that. <laughs> 
got here really early to set up, and I just I set up right in quotation marks. No, set up. No, I actually I really set up. kegs up the stairs. So you deserve some beer, then. Yeah, and then I went right to abandon all hope. Oh, <laughs> let's talk about the abandoned all hope. Because that was not. A, I did not make good decisions that day. No, that I was, made great decisions, but not good decisions. I mean, no. I mean, that's a fantastic beer. It, you, let's talk about the abandoned all hope, and then there's a stout that I like that I'm hearing is going to be bottled. If you guys oh yeah, abandoned all hope is uh, coming very soon, early February. Um, February eighth. Pay attention. February eighth. Major key. Abandoned all hope bottles. Uh, those are going to be big bombers, though, right? You're not gonna, yeah, those are going to be yeah. 22 ounces. Mm-hmm. Those are going to be f- to share. You don't do what's... anything in a 12-ounce or a small format bottle at this point. Because everything is either canned or... Big bottles. Big bottles, yeah. Release, yeah. So, um, Abandon All Hope is a beast of deliciousness. Um, I'm also it's hearing, really is it true, and I'll ask this, the, the Ye Who Enter, is that that going to be... Yeah, Ye Who Enter here uh, is another... Oh, I like um, that, by the way. <laughs> bourbon barrel aged imperial stout uh, with different things added that are awesome. It's spicy. Chili, yeah, but... They're d- different hot peppers. It's really, really exciting. Um, but it's not like um, peppers definitely subtle. At least the last time I tasted it, it's still in barrels. But it will definitely make an appearance this year for sure. Uh, and I'll tell you what, guys. Um, by the way, a lot of people who listen to the show, they, they trade. I tell you what, that beer will trade well for your. Don't yep. take any shorts on that beer. Get you two of them. Get you I say one. you should definitely drink it. Get you one to drink, and yeah. then one if you want to share and spread the Orpheus name out there. And I will buy one or two myself, and I may share for the podcast, for the culture. Because that's what we do here on Beer It Is, man. I mean. <laughs> Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. At least that's what Barney said, and I think it works in beer. No, it does. I mean, because I think that's one of the great things about craft that you can't get everything everywhere, so you have to get creative and and share. Mm -hmm. So, last thing, we're going to get you out of here on this. If you could tell us what Orpheus is. Like, if somebody walked up to you, didn't know beer, what would you say is Orpheus? I would say Orpheus... Um, is really focused and committed to um, flavor and producing things that you may not have thought about Mm. or um, experienced just yet based on, you know, just the the palette of our brewmaster basin. I honestly think his palette is, is pretty awesome. Yeah, because he's in the food too. I mean, yeah, yeah. and so he it's 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 interesting to watch his process and designing and developing recipes. And I think, um, and you know, I can only really speak on his process because mm-hmm. this is the only um, craft brewery that I've been a part of. Right. So um, and maybe at similar other places, and that's great. But um, it's really awesome to watch like an artist really come up with. A recipe for sure. You know, and there was one more thing I want to ask because, like, you obviously you do a lot of the branding and, and out front facing type stuff with the branding as far as dealing with distributors and dealing with these restaurants and these bars. Georgia's three tier system, it's, it's crazy. I mean, we know it's crazy, but how do you guys make that work? Um, I mean, we just Operate the Make way it we're beer, sell it. To. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of 
wiggle room. We do what we can. Um, we try to produce a lot and send it out of the door to the distributors. And um, I know that the Georgia Craft Brewers Guild is working very hard to, you know, have a dialogue with distributors and um, different government agencies to see if we can come to a better meeting place. But until then, we're just going to continue brewing beer, putting it on tap here, and sending it to our distributor partners. Because in, in theory, and I think it's one thing I want to say, like, brewers in Georgia, they only have one customer. Yeah. It's the distributor, technically. Yeah. And honestly, even if, like, laws become more flexible, we would still have, like, one primary customer because, I mean, you don't want getting, to beer, <laughs> getting beer from here to Helen, Georgia, or to Blue Ridge, or to Savannah requires, like, a fleet, and we're not trying to make that type of investment. That's that's crazy. Right. It's hard enough for us to make sure we have, you know, all of this stuff in place in the brewery. Making right, sure right. that we have grain and hops and cans and getting labels approved, and we, we want to take care of that part and let someone else handle the distribution part. And, and so, and then but that, it would be cool to, you know, for people to be able to come to the tasting room and have a pint if they want. Right. One pint, take it home as opposed to the or, tours. Yeah. 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 Or, yeah, have a pint, get out of here, do your thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess from there, you guys are all state of Georgia. Are you guys in, anywhere else now? We're in Alabama. Alabama, okay. Mostly in Birmingham and Huntsville. Because uh, they have a hop coast. city there. Yep, in Birmingham, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, so Birmingham, Tuscaloosa, Huntsville. We're going to launch the coast in the near future, I think three weeks maybe. Nice. Yeah. So. yeah Alabama's an interesting market. You got good people there in Birmingham. Yeah. You got Avondale. Oh, yeah. Like, I, yeah, mm-hmm. um, they're doing a big launch at Hop City, oddly yeah. enough. Yeah. And I think it's how the relationship. That's a connection. That's how the relationship kind of found it. So. Yeah. Again, a lot of beer, good beer being made in Georgia, a lot of beer, good beer coming to Georgia. Yeah. So everybody's got to step their game up. For sure. I mean, I think that's the fun part is, you know, so we spoke about earlier, we spoke earlier about, you know, kind of the the competition. Mm -hmm. And it's friendly, but yeah, people are producing quality liquid. And so Mm -hmm. that only encourages you to make sure that you're producing quality liquid. And that's kind of the name of the game. I tell you what, guys. If you produce quality liquid, you sell quality liquid, you have good branding. Mm-hmm. I think you do pretty well. Rebecca, thank you so much You're for welcome. joining us on the podcast. Thank you for the invitation. This was a lot of fun. No problem. Thank you, guys. Listen, this is Beer It Is on the CSPN Network. We come out each and every week with great beer news, great beer knowledge. Hashtag us at Beer It Is Pod. Follow us on Twitter at Beer It Is Pod. Also, check out Orpheus at Orpheus Brewing on Twitter. Um, on Instagram, you guys are... Orpheus Brewing. Orpheus Brewing. And on Facebook, Orpheus, Orpheus Brewing. Brewing. Yes. Solid branding all across. Check those guys out because they're doing some crazy stuff. Shout out to Jason Pellet. Shout out to the crew here. And again, thank you, Rebecca, for joining us. Thank you.